Do you agree that the first trimester of pregnancy is distinctive and that the state should not be able to prohibit abortion during that period? You're asking questions, Senator, that I know are matters of enormous controversy. That was Senator Strom Thurmond, a Republican from South Carolina, questioning Stephen Breyer on July 16, 1994. Judge Breyer was appearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee as President Bill Clinton's nominee for Supreme Court Justice. Senator Thurmond asked Breyer about abortion. It's a question all Supreme Court Justice nominees seem to get during their confirmation hearings. Typically, the questions involve the nominee's position on Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 Supreme Court decision which established the legal right to abortion in the United States. On December 1, 2021, the Supreme Court heard oral argument in a case involving a Mississippi abortion law. The law bans abortions at 15 weeks of pregnancy. Observers and experts say the Mississippi law is a direct challenge to the court's 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade. Some call it the most important abortion case in a generation. In this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly, you'll hear what each of the nine current members of the Supreme Court said during their confirmation hearings when asked for their positions on abortion and Roe v. Wade. Or, more accurately, as you'll soon hear for yourselves, what they didn't say after this. During a March 21, 2017 confirmation hearing, Charles Grassley pretty well summed up the history of asking Supreme Court justice nominees for their Roe v. Wade and abortion positions. Here's how the Republican senator from Iowa posed the question to Neil Gorsuch, President Trump's first pick for the high court. I think the case that uh, most people are thinking about right now and the case that every nominee gets asked about, Roe v. Wade, can you tell me whether Roe was decided correctly? Senator, again, I would tell you that Roe v. Wade, decided in 1973, is a precedent of the United States Supreme Court. It has been reaffirmed. The reliance interest considerations are important there. And all of the other factors that go into analyzing precedent have to be considered. It is a precedent of the United States Supreme Court. It was reaffirmed in Casey in 1992 and in several other cases. So a good judge will consider it as precedent of the United States Supreme Court, worthy as treatment of precedent like any other. The question has been around for a long time. Among Supreme Court justices currently serving... Clarence Thomas has the longest tenure, over 30 years. The first day of his confirmation hearing as President George H.W. Bush's nominee was September 10, 1991. Senator Howard Metzenbaum, a Democrat from Ohio, posed the abortion question to Clarence Thomas this way. I'm not asking you to prejudge the case. I'm just asking you whether you believe that the Constitution protects a woman's right to choose to terminate her pregnancy. Senator, as I noted yesterday, and I think we all feel strongly in this country about the, our privacy, I do, I believe the Constitution protects the right to privacy. And I have no reason or agenda to prejudge the issue or to be predisposed to rule one way or the other on the issue of abortion, which is a difficult issue. I'm not asking you to prejudge it. Just as you can respond, and I will get into some of the questions to which you responded yesterday, both from Senators Thurman, Hatch, and Biden, about 
matters that might come before the court, you certainly can express an opinion as to whether or not you believe that a woman has a right to choose to terminate her pregnancy without indicating how you expect to vote in any particular case, and I'm asking you to do that. Senator, I think that to do that would seriously compromise my ability to sit on a case of that importance and that uh, involving that important issue. Sonia Sotomayor was President Barack Obama's first nomination to the Supreme Court. During her July 14, 2009 confirmation hearing, Senator Herb Cole, a Democrat from Wisconsin, asked about Roe. All right. Judge, the court's ruling about the right to privacy in Griswold laid the foundation for Roe versus Wade. In your opinion, is Roe settled law? The court's decision in Planned Parenthood versus Casey reaffirmed the core holding of Roe. That is the precedent of the court and settled in terms of the holding of the court. You heard Justice Sotomayor use the word precedent. So too did Brett Kavanaugh, President Donald Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court during his September 5, 2018 hearing. Here's Democratic California Senator Dianne Feinstein. But I want to switch subjects and one last question. What would you say your position today is on a woman's right to choose? Well, as a judge. As a judge. As a judge, it is an important precedent of the Supreme Court. By it, I mean Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Been reaffirmed many times. Casey is precedent on precedent, which itself is an important factor to remember. And I understand the significance of the issue, the jurisprudential issue, and I understand the significance as best I can. I always try, and I do here, of the real-world effects of that decision, as I tried to do of all the decisions of my court and of the Supreme Court. Elena Kagan was another Supreme Court nominee from President Obama. Here's her exchange about Roe v. Wade on June 30, 2010, with Republican South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. Now, there's another court decision called Roe v. Wade that's being changed over time being interpreted differently over time. Uh, The court basically held that um, before viability, uh, the right to have an abortion was of a state to impose limitations on abortion was almost non-existent. After viability, it was sort of a balancing test. Is that a general statement of Roe v. Wade over time? There's a difference between viability and post-viability in the eyes of the court. Um, as I understand the law after Casey, it's that uh, after viability, mm-hmm. the state can uh, regulate as it pleases, except for um, uh, right. situations where the woman's life or health interests are at issue. Before viability, the question is whether there is an undue burden right. on the uh, uh, right. woman's ability to have an abortion. Is it fair for the court to consider scientific changes in when a fetus becomes viable as medical science evolves? Senator Graham, I, I do think that in every area that it is fair to consider scientific changes. We've I've, I've talked in the past about 
how different forms of technology influence the evolution of the court's Fourth Amendment jurisprudence. Ten years later, Justice Kagan's name came up in another Supreme Court hearing during another round of questions about abortion. She was mentioned by a nominee from Republican President Trump. Amy Coney Barrett cited Justice Kagan during this October 13, 2020 exchange with Democratic California Senator Dianne Feinstein. Justice Scalia, as was said uh, earlier, joined the dissent, which took the position, and I quote, we believe that Roe was wrongly decided and that it can and should be overruled, consistent with our traditional approach to stare decisis in constitutional cases. Do you agree with Justice Scalia's view that Roe was wrongly decided? So, Senator, I do want to be forthright and answer every question so far as I can. I think on that question, I, you know, I'm going to invoke Justice Kagan's description, which I think is um, perfectly put. When she was in her confirmation hearing, she said that she was not going to grade precedent or give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And I think in an area where precedent continues to be pressed and litigated, as is true of Casey, it would be particularly, um, it would actually be wrong and a violation of the canons for me to do that as a sitting judge. Um, so if, if I express a view on a precedent one way or another, whether I say I love it or I hate it, it signals to litigants that I might tilt one way or another in a pending case. Justice Barrett, citing Justice Kagan, wasn't the only time the name of another Supreme Court nominee came up during the abortion-related questioning. Let's go back to September 13, 2005. President George W. Bush nominated John Roberts to be Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. Here he is responding to Republican Pennsylvania Senator Arlen Specter about Roe v. Wade. Well, do you see any erosion of precedent as to Roe? Well, again, I think I should stay away from discussions of particular issues that are likely to come before the court again. And in the area of abortion, uh, there are cases on the court's docket, of course. It is an issue that does come before the court. So while I'm happy to talk about stare decisis and uh, the importance of precedent, um, I don't think I should get into the application of those principles in a particular area. A year later, Justice Roberts was mentioned during the next Supreme Court nomination hearing for Samuel Alito, another pick from President George W. Bush. From January 12, 2006, here's the Roe v. Wade question from Democratic Illinois Senator Dick Durbin. You'll hear him cite Justice Roberts. Let me just ask you this. John Roberts said that Roe versus Wade is the settled law of the land. Do you believe it is the settled law of the land? Roe versus Wade is a, an important precedent of the Supreme Court. It was decided in 1973, so it's been on the books for a long time. It has been challenged on a number of occasions, and I discussed those yesterday, and it is my and the Supreme Court has reaffirmed the decision sometimes on the merits, sometimes in Casey, based on stare decisis. You might think you've heard various ways of giving the same noncommittal answer about Roe v. Wade. Has a Supreme Court justice nominee ever been more direct in answering the abortion question? The answer is this episode's bonus clip. July 22, 1993, President Clinton's nominee, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, answers Republican Colorado Senator Hank Brown's abortion question this way. But you asked me about... Uh, my thinking about equal protection versus individual autonomy. And, and my answer to you is it's 
It's both. This is something central to a woman's life, to her dignity. It's a decision that she must make for herself. And when government controls that decision for her, she is being treated as less than a fully adult human responsible for her own choices. That's it for today's episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. A reminder that you can do your own searches in the C-SPAN video library for Supreme Court confirmation hearings. See what other questions the nominees answered or didn't answer. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top, all for free. Thanks for listening and happy searching. Thank you.